a Great Moments in Vinyl podcast. Celebrating some of the best loved albums with stories about the music and the musicians who created it. Podcast number one. Bruce Springsteen. The Wild, the Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle. John Hammond was this legendary talent scout. He's the guy who discovered Billie Holiday and Aretha Franklin and Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan. He signed Dylan to Columbia Records, too. So when this promising young singer comes along to meet John Hammond, strumming his guitar, singing these songs he wrote just like Bob Dylan did once upon a time, it was easy to make the comparison. John Hammond later said that this new kid, Bruce Springsteen, was a lot better than Bob Dylan when he first heard him. And Springsteen himself later pointed out that the old Dylan was only 30 at the time, so he didn't see why anyone thought they needed a new Dylan. But the Dylan spin was the one that was laid on Bruce Springsteen's first album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. So is it any surprise that in the aftermath of all the Dylan hype about his debut album, Springsteen came back with record number two and started it off with the most un-Dylan-like song he had? It was as if to say, here's where the comparison ends. It was the song, The E Street Shuffle. Bruce Springsteen grew up in a seaside resort town on the Jersey Shore. It was a place where the amusement park rises bold and stark, and the kids are huddled on the beach in the mist. Listening to his songs, you can picture it. The carnival rides, the pinball arcades, the casino, the boardwalk, and Springsteen knew it all well, because he used to busk there when he was young and struggling. Not far from the booth of fortune teller Marie Costello who called herself Madame Marie. She first opened her doors to the curious in 1932 and kept laying out the tarot cards and reading palms until her death in 2008. You figure she must have been pretty accurate to have had such a long run. Some of her notable clients included Elton John, Ray Charles, Diane Keaton, and Danny DeVito. She even told Springsteen's fortune on several occasions, too, always assuring him that his future looked pretty good. You can hear those tales about Madame Marie and the Boardwalk in the song, Fourth of July, Asbury Park, Sandy. In his book, Songs, Bruce Springsteen says his set featured numbers like Kitty's Back because as an opening act, he didn't have much time to make an impact. He needed to show a crowd right away who he was and what he could do. So he would take a song and make it build and build. And then just when you thought it was over, there'd be another section that took the music even higher. Springsteen says it was an idea he got from the great soul reviews of the 60s. Those singers and their backing bands would work when they got on stage, working themselves as much as they worked up the crowd. Springsteen says that songs like Kitty's Back were intended to leave the audience exhausted and gasping for breath just as much as the band. Because you were working that hard for a reason. You were working to be remembered. The song Kitty's Back delivered that impact. But if Bruce Springsteen knew so well how to rock, and how to play R&B, and how to lay down the funk, what was the deal with all those folky tunes on his first album? Springsteen had been getting gigs playing his own music for as many as 3,000 people a night up and down the Jersey Shore. But then along came the top 40 cover bands, and suddenly he was finding it hard to get steady work with his original music. It was looking very seriously as though he wouldn't be able to afford a band anymore. He was simply going to have to write songs he could play by himself with just his guitar. And that's where songs like Wild Billy's Circus Story came from. Half of the songs are set in New Jersey on our own little street corner, and the other half are about my fantasies of New York City. That's how Springsteen once described the album The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. 
Manhattan was just a 45-minute drive from Asbury Park, or about an hour by bus. And as a kid growing up so close to the bright lights in the big city, New York had a mythical status in Springsteen's mind. New York City is where he often went to meet with a man who would become his manager, Mike Appel. New York City is also where he first got together with talent scout John Hammond, the man who signed him to Columbia Records. It was the place where the magic could happen. It must have seemed like the promised land. Springsteen wrote many songs about scruffy individuals trying to find glory. He says the story he tells in this next tune is a story he'd often return to throughout his career, the search for redemption. It's a tale you hear repeatedly in his songs. As Springsteen once said, over the next 20 years, I'd work this theme like only a good Catholic boy could. And with the song Incident on 57th Street, Springsteen started off side two of the Wild, the Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle. Now, here's somebody that you've heard Bruce Springsteen sing about a lot, but you might not know her name, Diane Lozita. She met Springsteen in 1971 when he was working the Jersey Shore. He wrote about their first kiss in Spirit in the Night. She was Crazy Janie. She inspired the song we think of as Sandy, though when she heard it, she was ticked off, thinking Bruce actually had been having an affair with a waitress. He wrote a song called Thundercrack about Diane and the way she could use her body on a dance floor. And when she moved in to live with Springsteen, she did so in spite of the fact that her mama didn't like him because he played in a rock and roll band. So why, you might ask, didn't Bruce ever write a song that mentioned her by name? Diane Lozita actually did ask him about it once, and his answer was simple. Nothing rhymes with Diane. But Diane Lozita had a grandmother named Rose. Rose Lozita. And it didn't take long in Springsteen's mind to come up with a way to make a song about her. Oh, Rose Lozita. Won't you come out tonight? Yeah, the record company did give Bruce Springsteen an advance, enough to make his first album with, and then follow it up with another one. The song Rosalita would have made a triumphant closer for that second record if the first album had been flying out of the record stores. But Bruce Springsteen's debut record only sold 25,000 copies when it came out. And as he was working to put together his second album, it wasn't clear that he had anything to celebrate yet. As he was recording The Wild, The Innocent, The E Street Shuffle, Springsteen was still just a scruffy kid from the Jersey Shore, dreaming big dreams. Sure, he'd had a taste of what it was like to please an audience back in New Jersey, and here he was, getting to make his own records. He was getting to put his music out there. But far from being the champion of the common man who, in a town full of losers, would be pulling out of here to win, Bruce Springsteen could just as easily imagine ending up as a guy in a dead-end job, playing his songs in a coffee shop on the weekends. Springsteen was a dreamer of dreams, and as he wrapped up his second album, they were still just dreams. It still remained to be seen where they might take him. And that's exactly where Bruce Springsteen leaves us in the final track of his album, The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. He takes his place with the rest of us, hoping for a better day, dreaming of a brighter future, but dealing with the world we find ourselves in as best we can. And with the song New York Serenade, Bruce Springsteen brought his second album to a close. The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. Great Moments in Vinyl is a musical project that was launched in 2013 as a way to tell stories about memorable albums while we performed the songs from them live. Naturally, with nightclubs and music venues closed for the time being, we can't bring you the concerts we'd love to play for you. But in the meantime, Great Moments in Vinyl is presenting a series of podcasts to bring you the stories that accompany some of your favorite records. 
And we're launching this series with the stories from the very first Great Moments in Vinyl show at Martyrs in Chicago all those years ago. Enjoy the stories, reminisce about the music, tell your music-loving friends, and come see us live when we have a chance to put our performances back on stage. I'm William Lindsay Cochran for Great Moments in Vinyl. Thanks for loving music as much as we do. Thank you.